Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues and finishes off our series, The Cost of Christmas, with Pastor Omar Lopez in the message entitled, Wise Men Still Seek Him. Enjoy this message. You guys can be seated this morning. We appreciate you being here today, and we welcome everyone. We're going to have a great time this morning. How many are glad you're in the house of God today? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place? At the right time, right now. And so we appreciate everyone coming and being a part. I can tell there's been a Christmas hangover. And uh, some people are barely getting into it, but it's okay. We're glad you're here. And uh, we're glad you made it. And uh, uh, I believe the Lord has something for us. Is that all right? And don't forget, Jesus is the reason for the season. And uh, I know we've had a lot of festivities. You probably ate too many tamales and... And too many enchiladas, too much pasole, and pan dulce, and whatever you ate. And so, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll you'll enjoy some of that, and then get back to the regular routine, right? Get back to what we need to do. Uh, but this morning, uh, I'm going to continue our series here, our last message on the cost of Christmas. And I know Christmas technically is over, but Jesus is not over, right? And uh, the reason for the season. So uh, today I'm talking, I've been talking about all this month about the choices that people made uh, in during the Christmas, that first Christmas, which was involving Mary, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherd, all these people that made choices that day. And it affected their destinies for the rest of their life. It cost them something, it cost them time, it cost them commitment. Uh, cost him a life investment. In fact, we've been talking about how Jesus made this statement uh, in Luke chapter 14, verse 33. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. So I'm going to pray this morning as we dive into this message today. Father, we thank you today for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace today. We pray, Lord, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit just minister to every person in this place. Those that are watching online, God, I pray the word of God would come alive. And I pray that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. And everyone said, amen. Well, before I go on, I want to, how many, how many got what you wanted for Christmas? This, this some of you did, I know some of us, you probably didn't care. You probably got everything you need. But, but I got a gift that was pretty unique, so I want to kind of show you here. I got this wallet here, and I, I, what I love about this wallet is, check this out, you get, to, you get to get all your credit cards right there, see, and they come out like that, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool, and, and, then, and then you could put some cash in here or cash right, right here, so just thought it was pretty cool, I thought. I thought, hey, this is a great gift, and uh, I got, I got uh, many gifts, but this gift was pretty unique. Uh, because it just, uh, it's so convenient. So many of us today, we don't carry cash, right? And so now you can, anyway, I thought I'd tell you that, but I thought it was pretty cool. My son gave it to me, my son Omar. So, uh, yeah, all right, shout out to him. But uh, what a blessing to be together and to be with family. And so I've enjoyed my time uh, the last few days with my family on uh, Christmas Eve, my whole family, and then with my uh, immediate family yesterday, and we had a good time, chilled out. You got, how many got to chill this, this Christmas? A lot of you are chilling. You're still chilling. Wake up this morning. 
But what we want to talk about today is I want to conclude this uh, sermon series on the wise men. And there's a lot of talk about who these wise men were. And uh, they call them the Magi or the Magi, however you want to pronounce it. And uh, the Bible talks about these wise men and really who they were. There were many described them as a combination of philosophers, uh, even astronomers at the time. They were well-educated. They would be considered uh, uh, what we would call the Socrates, the Plato, the Aristotles, all of those. And they were a combination of scientists, perhaps even uh, intellectuals. And the Bible said that they came from the east. They came from a long way. Uh, and they were following a star. And we're going to read uh, that chapter here, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read a few verses of the scripture. And I'm going to kind of break it down. As they made their way following a star, knowing that it would uh, point them to the Savior, the Messiah. The Bible said they came from the east. Uh, many people think they came from India. Maybe perhaps even as far as China. Some say from Persia somewhere, somewhere, and they came and following the star, and a lot of us know them as the three wise men. Well, I want you to know there weren't three wise men. No word that says it was three, but there, there could have been as many as 20, could have been as many as eight. They could have came in a caravan uh, coming there, but the reason why people narrow it down to three wise men, because they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the Bible never said that they were three. The Bible said that they were the group of these wise men following the, following the star. And in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read a few verses of the scripture. And I'm going to break it down as we get into this message today. The Bible said Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time of Herod. Uh, that Herod was the king. So the, the city of Bethlehem in the Hebrew means the house of bread. Isn't it ironic that Jesus is the bread of life, born in the house of bread? I thought it was pretty unique. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of Herod the king. Now, the thing about Herod, he was the king, but he was more of a puppet king. He was more of a king that was installed there by the Roman, uh, Roman, uh, the, the Roman king or the Roman emperor by the name of Caesar. And he installed Herod there. And really, he was just kind of a puppet. The, the, the Jews hated him. The people there hated him. Could you imagine being a king and they hate your gut? They hated this guy. And, and he was very insecure because he knew that his position was very volatile. And in fact, he had a few wives, and one of the wives, he killed his wife and the children because he was paranoid over his position and over his place in the empire. And so the Bible says that uh, when they came, these, these uh, wise men, after Jesus was born, some wise men said from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the baby who was born the king of the Jews. So here's the interesting thing about these wise men. They were well-educated, and they also understood the scripture, and they understood the prophetic word. Even though they may not have been Jewish, they believed in prophecy, and they knew that God was sending his son, a savior of the world, to save mankind from their sin. And the Bible says, we saw his star, they said, in the east, and we've come to worship him. So here's the unique thing about stars. Stars have been used for navigation for thousands of years. 
In fact, they still kind of use stars today. You know, you guys have the North Star, and stars are used to navigate. So that was not unusual, but this was a different kind of star. This was a, a unique star that they were following. It doesn't say that everybody saw it, but apparently these wise men saw the star, and the Bible says uh, they saw the star in the east, and they said, and we come to worship him. So they said, we've come to worship the Lord or come to worship this king uh, where the star has led us. And the Bible said that King Herod heard this and he was troubled. And that's an understatement. He was really paranoid. He was he hit the panic button. He couldn't believe that there was another king. He thought, man, what if I'm the king here and there can't be another king. So he was really paranoid. And the Bible says, as well as all the people in Jerusalem. So they knew how insecure he was. So Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and all the teachers of the law. And he asked them where the Christ would be born. And they answered in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. And so they knew this prophecy. They knew the prophetic word. Then Herod had a secret meeting, it says, with the wise men. And he learned from the exact time that they saw the star. So they knew, he knew about the time they came following the star. What, what, you know, he was able to kind of realize how old the baby would be born. And you could see that later in the scripture. And he learned from the exact time that the star, and he sent the wise men to Bethlehem saying, look carefully for the child. And when you find him, come directly to me so I can worship him too. Yeah, right. He wasn't there to worship the king. He was uh, looking to kill. We know that later on, he killed all the babies, all the male babies, two years and under because he was so paranoid and he was so afraid and so insecure of his position as king. And the Bible said that he tells these wise men, I, I, I want to worship him too, but it's a lie. And we know that later on, that God warned Joseph and Mary, and they take Jesus to Egypt. And so believe it or not, Jesus was in Egypt for a little while. And then it says this, after the wise men heard the king, they left. The star that they had seen in the east went with them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, there's a lot of speculation. People say, was that Haley's Comet? No, it was not Haley's Comet, okay? It was not all these different things. People have been looking for hundreds of years, you know, looking for what, 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 what was going on during that time. Was it a certain star? For all we know, this star was created by God, right? To go right over where the child was. Because the Bible says, when the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they came to the house where the child was. And saw him with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Notice they worshipped him, not Mary. Am I right? They were worshipping Jesus. They came, and the Bible said that they came to the house. Now, the reason why I want to bring this out is because he wasn't in a manger anymore. A lot of us, I don't want to mess up your whole nativity scene, okay? But but I'll be honest with you, the, the wise men and the shepherds never crossed paths. Uh, the shepherds came when he was born in the manger, and they say these wise men probably didn't get there to probably six months to a year and a half later. By that time, uh, you know, Joseph moved to a house. He didn't keep her in a barn all these years, right? And so, so don't, don't, you know, they, they all made it to the Christmas anyway. They all made it to the birth of Christ. But I'm just saying they didn't get there at the same time. Uh, they came a while later. But here's what the Bible said. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. 
Then they opened their gifts, the Bible says, and gave him treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I want you to just think about this. What caused these wise men to give him these gifts? And I'm going to talk about the gift. And what do you give God who's got everything? What do you give a God that owns everything? And so there's something about these wise men, what they did. And because of what they did, it, I want to just say to you, I want to bring it out to you. If there's five wise things you need to do today, all of us, okay? Number one is they were seekers of the truth. They, write this down, they were seekers of the truth. These guys were looking for truth. They had heard about this baby. They heard about the Savior that was going to be born, and so they were seeking the truth. They were not uh, uh, in speculation. You know, you got speculators, and you got those that are really seeking truth. Uh, and a speculator is one uh, that is always, you know, speculating things. He's always wondering. But a person that seeks the truth, he's not happy with speculation. He's not happy with just wondering. He's not happy. He's the kind of person that says, why am I created? What, what's my purpose in life? What's the purpose of life? Why am I here? The Bible says here in verse number two, uh, they said, where is the baby who was born? The king of the Jews. They were looking for the king of the Jews. They were looking for this baby. They were seeking the truth. And I want to say to you, wise men and wise women still seek him. I said, wise men and wise women still seek him. And so these guys were not speculators. They were seekers. They were seeking the truth. Speculators theorize. They, they give a theory. They guess. They're always asking questions. Uh, 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 someone that's seeking, asking the right question, not just going around and around. You ever met people? They're just, they just like to speculate, but they're not really seeking the truth. They like, they like, they like to debate. They like, they like all the discussion. They like to go on the circular reason, but they're, but, but, but they, they never are seeking the truth. They like to go in circles. I don't waste my time with those guys. I go, you just want to argue, want to debate. You know what? You're taking my time away from someone that really needs to hear the truth. And we ever go out witnessing, you ever go out sharing the gospel, and, and you ever go out in the neighborhood, you always run into some guy, he's just this philosopher. I go, oh man, what are you doing here in the hood, man? You're a philosopher. You know, this guy's here, he's a great philosopher, apparently, you know, and they think they know everything that you want to take. And I think sometimes the devil to distract us from people that we need to talk to. I just thought I'd throw that in. But here, here are these guys, they're seekers, uh, they're not speculators, they, they're not, they're, you know, speculators, again, they love to argue and they love to debate. But a genuine seeker is looking for truth. The Bible says, they, they said, hey, where is the king of the Jews? So evidently, they had done some studying. Evidently, they were alert, they were watching for the signs, and they were willing to do whatever they could to find the truth. And this is what I love about people that are really seeking God. They, they, they're looking for answers. They're not looking to debate. They have questions about God. They got questions about the meaning of life. And, and they don't have these preconceived ideals about God. See, here's what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13. If you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you are genuinely seeking, and let me just tell you this, if you're genuinely seeking for the truth, 
God will make sure you'll find it. I'm going to tell you the truth. When you seek the truth, God will reveal it to you. Doors will be open. Knocking, you're going to find. He says, seek it, and it's going to be there. I'm absolutely confident that when you're seeking the truth, God's going to reveal the truth to you. In fact, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you're seeking truth, Jesus is the truth. And here are these wise men. They're seeking the truth. They're looking for it. And the second thing is they were willing to go through great length to find it. And I believe today that's what we need to do. We need to make every effort to get a hold of a revelation of God, to get a, get a hold of who God is. They were willing to go through great lengths to find the truth. The Bible said they had come from a long journey from the east. They had traveled thousands of miles at great expense. We're talking about the cost of Christmas. They were willing to travel for months. Many people believe they traveled for five or six months following this star. So it cost them money. It cost them time. It cost them investment. But they didn't care. They went to great lengths to find the truth. They went to great lengths to find the Savior. And isn't it ironic, think about this, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, six miles from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem at that time was the epicenter, really, of religion. It was the epicenter of what was spiritually happening in the world at that time. Here a Savior is going to be born. Here a Savior, it was the centerpiece uh, or the epicenter where God was moving. And at the same time, there's so many people that missed Christmas that day. Herod missed Christmas. The politicians missed Christmas. The religious people in that place missed Christmas. There's a lot of people today, even the business people missed Christmas. The only people that didn't miss Christmas were Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, the wise men, her cousin. They all got a hold. They were seeking him, and they found him. How many can say amen? The third thing is they didn't stop until they met Jesus. And I believe that today for every one of us. Don't stop until you have an encounter with God. That's what we need to do. We need to keep seeking God, and we need to keep having that encounter with God. Don't give up till you get a hold of God. That's what made these guys so wise. They, they went on this long journey. Again, it, it was a long journey. I'm sure they were met with adversity. I'm sure they were met with uh, weather and different issues, probably robbers and people trying to, you know, take from them and all of that. But they didn't stop till they came face to face with Jesus. The Bible says in verse 11, they finally came to the place where Jesus was. Have you finally come to the place where Jesus is? Have you finally come to the place where you have an encounter with God, where you come face to face with the Savior? That's what we're talking about today, coming face to face with God. And I hope today that if you're here, and maybe it's your first time here, and maybe you've never had an encounter with God, I hope today, I pray today, that you'll come face to face with God in this house today, that you'll have an encounter with Jesus, and that your life will be changed by the presence of God. See, a lot of us this morning, I know for myself, and just my own personal, I can relate to what I'm about to say because it's happened to me. I know that at, early, at an early age, maybe when you're a teenager, uh, you start thinking about life. You start thinking about the purpose of life. And as you get into a young adult age, you start thinking, hey, man, why am I here? What's life about? Is it just about working, making money, retiring? What is life about? What is the meaning of life? 
And here's what happens to a lot of people. And I've met the Lord at, at an early age. Thank God I had an encounter with God. I, I, I didn't give up, man. I, I kept seeking. But there's, what happens to a lot of people is they get busy. At first they start asking these questions, but then they get busy. They get distracted. They start going to school. They start getting a job. They get married, start having kids. And all of a sudden they forget about the journey of the purpose of life. And all of a sudden, they get so busy, they, they, they start making, you know, start getting busy making money, trying to be famous, you know, all these uh, little YouTube stars, uh, busy having fun, impressing other people. And all of a sudden, they stop their journey of seeking the truth and having an encounter with Jesus. And this is what happens to a lot of people. Because I, I, I remember in high school talking to so many friends and they were so interested. They wanted the gospel. They wanted God. But then they got distracted with other things. And as years went on, man, they got distracted doing so many things. They forgot about the whole purpose. They, they forgot about that time they were seeking the truth. They forgot about that time where they were looking for answers. And today we've got the answer. His name is Jesus. How many can say Amen. And so here's the fourth thing about these wise men is they came for the right reason. They came to search for the truth for the right reason. Look at what it says. When they came to the spot where Jesus was, they, we have come, they said, we're coming to worship him. That's what they told King Herod in verse number two. They said, we've come to worship him. So they were looking for Jesus, not to get something for Jesus, but to give something to Jesus. They were looking for Jesus to show some gratitude. They were going to find Jesus or looking for Jesus to worship him, to honor him, to give him honor, to give him glory, to express their love. This is what I love about these wise men is we know their worship was genuine. You know why? Because Jesus as a baby couldn't give them anything. Now, how many know a baby can't do anything for you? Right? I mean, Jesus has not started his ministry yet. He's still a baby. Jesus has not even uh, grown up to be a man that he became later on. And at the age of 33, we, we, we know all of this. Uh, but he's still a baby. He can't do anything for them. There's nothing this baby can't even respond. So they're not coming to Jesus to get something from him. They're coming to Jesus to give him something. See, true worship isn't coming to Jesus to worship God to get something from God. Are you hearing me? We're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not coming to God to worship so just so that we can get a favor. Or somehow, the more we come, God's going to give us more. These guys came to Jesus at a time where Jesus could not give them anything. They weren't looking for a favor. Jesus uh, basically was not able to do anything for them. Uh, but they came because they loved him. They came because they honored him. See, if we're not careful, God becomes some kind of spiritual genie. Where we only pray to get something. We, we're, we're, you know, we, we rub the lamp with a prayer, right? God give me this. God give me that. Am I preaching this morning? And, and so we're worshiping God because he's going to give us something. Uh, and, and, and he's going to give us what we're... Uh, let me just tell you something. Uh, God's not here to serve us. We're here to serve him. And we're, we're not here. This, God's not some kind of vending machine. And, and I, I look around the world today and they like to put Jesus on things because they want something from God. Even politicians, you know, when they want the, the Christian vote, they mention Jesus in their speeches. You know, when, when a business wants, uh, uh, you know, they, they want the Christians to come to their business, they, they put a little fish on their, on their, 
on, on the business thing, right? I, I'm just saying, you know, all of these different things, people throw the, the J thing, uh, uh, G this marketing here and there, and really, they, they're not there to worship God, they're there to get something from God. And here's the fifth thing, and this is the one I, I really want us to look at. They came to Jesus to give him their best, the best that they had. The Bible says they came with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They didn't come to Jesus to give him their leftovers, right? They didn't come to Jesus to give them their hand-me-downs. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I grew up with, with six brothers, and that was always a hand-me-downs, man. My God, my, my third, third oldest brother wore those pants, you know, and it's crazy, you know. And, and when you look at the school pictures, I have the same shirt on. The other guy had the same shirt on. I was like, what happened? Some of you remember the hand-me-down. Some of you guys don't even know what a hand-me-down is. But the other older folk, we know what hand-me-downs are. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was handed down to you to the next guy. But they didn't come to Jesus to give him something that was worthless. They didn't come to Jesus to give him something of no value. You understand what I mean? They didn't come to Jesus, you know, with a last-minute thought. They, they thought about, uh, evidently, they thought about what they were going to bring to Jesus. They didn't just give him a gift card. That's thoughtless. No, I'm just, I'm ruined your Christmas already. I've done it too, guys, so I'm guilty, you know. That warm and fuzzy gift card that you really prayed about and thought about, hey, here's this gift card. I really thought about you, you know. No, I, I, no. Anyway, let me move on. They planned their gift. They, they weren't asking God for something. They were coming to give God something. And look at what the Bible says here. Verse 11, they bowed down. Listen, first thing they did, they bowed down and they worshiped. First thing they did, they see the baby, they're bowing down. There's nothing the baby can give them. And then the Bible says they opened their treasures. They had treasure. And they gave him their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I, I, there was a little preschool boy who was confused about the Magi's. And he said, uh, he called them the maggots. And he said, the maggots brought Jesus or brought God Frankenstein and Smurfs. So, so... <laughs> He didn't, he didn't do that, okay? Frankenstein and myrrh. Yeah, some of you are laughing, some are not. Okay, so gold, number one, the first gift, gold, is a gift for kings. In ancient times, if you went to see a king, you brought a tribute of gold. And when you brought the gold, it was signifying value. Gold was the precious metal. Uh, and when you came to see, it was customary in ancient times to, to bring some gold. So they were recognizing that this baby was a king. Not only a king, he was the king of kings. Am I right? So they were bringing him again. This wasn't a hand-me-down. This was since a leftover. It wasn't changed from the ashtray. They were bringing him. The Bible said they brought their treasure and they brought him some gold. So when we come to God and worship... It's not just worship with our hand, but we ought to bring something, a gift to the Lord. Can you say amen? Then they brought him frankincense, and basically that's an incense that they use in the temple for the worship of God. So they were saying that this was not just some ordinary baby. 
This was a special baby who was a king, the king of kings, and God himself. So they recognized that he was worthy of worship. That's why they brought this frankincense. It was an incense that they used to worship God. They were bringing this gift as the gift of worship, signifying that they understood who this baby was. And then the Bible said they brought him myrrh, and myrrh was the spice that was used for medicine, also, some of you ladies might like this cosmetics, okay, and anointing oil. So this myrrh was very special, and it was used for medicine, it was used for anointing, it was used for cosmetics, and so it's really interesting to think about this because Jesus was anointed of God. And basically, they were saying the anointing is upon Jesus, and it was also used, myrrh also used as when a person, it's a burial spice. When a person is buried, they would cover them with myrrh. It was a burial spice, understanding that this baby wasn't coming here to live, but this baby was coming here to die for the world. He was going to be the savior of the world, and so they brought him myrrh, indicating that. So all of these things really tell us how special Jesus was. Can you imagine? Think about this today as, as we just think about this thought. What if I planned a birthday for you and I invited a million people? And you would say, man, this is, I'm going to get all kinds of gifts, right? And we threw a party for you and we invited a million people to your party. And, and when it was time to open gifts, not one person got you a gift, but they gave gifts to each other. That's Christmas. Am I right? That's Christmas. People on Christmas, instead of bringing a gift to God, they give a gift to each other. Now, I'm not, I'm not slamming you guys. I'm just saying, don't forget who the birthday is all about. It's about Jesus. Don't, begin, don't forget who the birthday boy is. And when we think about that, what have we given to Jesus? What is it that we have given? Have we given Jesus our best? Now here, I, I said earlier that God, what do you give a God that has everything? In actuality, God doesn't have everything. Doesn't have everything tangible. Let me, give, let me just name a few things that we need to give God that sometimes we don't give God. And we, don't, we need to give God our trust. We need to trust God. We need to fully trust God. If there's any gift that you can give God today is give God your full trust. Let me, and let me ask you, what are you expecting in 2022? Because you're going to get what you expect. If you don't expect anything, then you're not going to get anything. According to your faith, it will be done. So what kind of things are you looking this morning? Are you expecting God to do in 2022? What are you expecting God to do in your marriage this year, or this coming year? Or this new year. What are you expecting God? If you're expecting God to do little, then that's all that's going to take place in your life. So God wants our faith. Look at what it says. I love this scripture in Psalm 50 verse 14. I want you to trust me. This is God speaking. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Isn't that something that God is wanting us to trust him? I think God wants us to trust him today. Wake up a little bit. Let's get over it a little bit. Some of us are still weighing down with all the, all the tamales and everything. But, uh, but I'm going to say to you today that are we really trusting God today? 
Are we giving God our trust? And can I just tell you, sometimes God allows us to get in trouble so that when he rescues you, you can give him the glory. Sometimes God allows you to make mistakes. You're like, why did God allow me to make mistakes? Because you're the fool that wasn't listening to him. But, but he'll rescue you so that you can give him the glory. Am I right? So God wants us to give him our trust. The, the second thing I believe that God wants to give him is God wants us to give him first place. See, there are some things that God doesn't have. And even in the people of God, he doesn't have first place. He does, he's not number one. Did you know that the very first commandment in the scripture is you shall have no other God before me? The Ten Commandments, you guys are familiar with that? Exodus chapter 20, it's it basically saying that, that God needs to be number one in your life. Then it says, the second one says, you shall have no other idols. So an idol is anything that you put before God. When we think of idols, we always think about some, some, you know, some artifact or some type of structure or some, some little thing that we're worshiping. No, an idol could be your career. An idol could be your girlfriend. An idol can be a hobby. An idol could be your husband. An idol could be your kids. I know a lot of people, they worship their kids and their kids can't do anything wrong. You are so deceived. I'm serious. Irrational parents, man. Did you just not see your kid do that? Oh, he didn't mean it. No, he meant it. I saw him. He slapped that other kid. I saw him kick that other person. That was rude. And you're just going to let him get away with it? Why he didn't really mean it. You know, he's going through I don't care what he's going through. That's your kid. He did wrong. He's not no saint. You need a little discipline in order to that kid. Uh, let me preach on that a little bit. Parents, man, you're deceived, man. Your kids are not angels. My kids are not angels. Okay, so your kids do wrong and they make mistakes and they need to be corrected when they do it. Oh, that's good preaching. I think I'm going to preach on that. I felt like, wow. I felt some resistance there. You have an idol. That's your children. See, anything you put before God, are you listening to me, becomes an idol. Even things that are good. I think Pastor Isaac said things that are good, but they're not God. Right? So we've got to put God first. God needs to be number one. Now, all of these things are gifts of God, but they're not God, and they're not to be worshipped, and they're not to be put in first place. God needs to be the center of your life. Because let me tell you something. Anything you put your trust in that's not God will fail you. You can lose it. How many know that? You can lose your job, right? You can lose your career. You can lose your people in your life. You can lose your bank account. You can lose all kinds of things. But let me tell you something. You can never lose your relationship with God. That will never be taken away from you today. This is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, God's character, let it become your character. He goes, and all these other things will be given to you. So God is saying, if you trust him, if you put him first, all these things that you're worried about, God will provide them for you. He said, seek first the kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's basically God's way of doing things in your life. His will for your life. His destiny. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let his righteousness be in you. And all of these things will be added onto you.
God will bless you. But don't let them become an idol. Somebody give God praise today. Hallelujah. The third thing today, again, the third thing I believe that God wants from us is he wants your heart. Tell your neighbor, my heart. Yep, he wants my heart. He wants your heart. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 5, open up before God, keep nothing back, and he'll do whatever needs to be done. That's a pretty powerful message. That's in the Message Bible. So it says, God, if we open up to God, whatever we give to God, if we open up to him, he'll do, he'll work in our life today. So today, let me just, let me just say this, that we get, come to a close here in just a few minutes. What is it that you value the most in your life? The Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So what do you value today? What's in your heart? Because God wants our heart. Wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. Whatever, whatever you value. See, our heart tells us what we value the most. Our heart tells you where... Where, where, where you place value, what you see as important. These wise men said, you know what? The, the, this gold is not important to us as much as you are. They came and they were worshiping God. They came and they give honor to God. Look at what Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 says. I don't need your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't need your offerings. I want you to know me. 2022 I believe needs to be our goal today is that I'm going to trust God. Are you with me? I'm going to put him in first place. I'm going to give him my heart this new year. And the fourth thing, are you ready for this? We need to bring others to Jesus. Can you say amen? That needs to be wise men still seek him. See, I believe this morning we have found the king. We have sought him. We have sought his truth. We have had an encounter with God. But now our prayer needs to be to have other people have that same encounter. As we go into this new year, we need to realize, man, that God's given us the gift, the greatest gift, his son, Jesus. And that other people need to have that gift too. Can you say amen? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That was the real Christmas right there, the gift of God. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life the scripture says go out into the highway the countryside and urge everyone to find him so that my house may be full friend we got something to shout about this christmas i know today you got blessed you blessed someone else with the gift but i tell you the greatest gift we can tell people today is the gift of the truth of the gospel wise men still seek him can you say amen we got the greatest. It, it's going to cost you sometimes. People may not understand it. It's going to cost you sometimes. People may not agree with you. There's a lot of people think, well, I, I have my own philosophy of God. It doesn't make it right. You may have a philosophy, but don't make it right. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And when I think about these wise men, man, they were so wise. They went through all this effort and they finally had this encounter the first thing they do is they worship. I'll tell you what, there's so much we could be grateful to God for. So grateful to the Lord today. Let's pray. Let's, let's bow our heads for just a moment here. I want to pray. I want to ask the Lord today to have his way in this house this morning. So, Father, we thank you for the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, today that wise men are still seeking you today. That, God, they're wise men and women in this house 
that are still seeking you, Lord. We, we want to continually, God, have this encounter, Lord, where we come in your presence and we worship you. God, we're not going to give you second best. We're not going to give you leftovers today. We're going to give you our best. So, Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would just move upon the people of God. And perhaps this morning, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed for just a moment, and maybe you're listening in this room or you're watching online, but you've never given your heart to Christ. Jesus is not number one. He's not first place today. You've never put your trust and faith in God and say, God, here's my life. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. You've never actually today made Christ Lord of your life and asked him to come in your heart. And today, I tell you, be wise and ask Jesus in your life today. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now. If you're in this room and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or you're watching online, I don't want you to leave this place. Today, you can have an encounter with Jesus. You can meet the Lord today in this place and invite him into your heart today. Your life can be changed. Your life can be transformed by his presence this morning. So if you're in this room, be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Say, you know what? I need the Lord in my life today. I need Christ to come into my heart this morning. Is there anyone right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. I need God in my life, man. I, I, I want God to be number one. You can enter 2022 a different person this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. That's me. I need the Lord in my life. Is there anyone here right now? Anyone at all? Maybe at one time you were walking with God. At one time, man, you were serving the Lord, but you need to rededicate your life to him. You need to, you need to come back to the Lord. You've kind of walked away. You're not walking with God right now, but you say, you know what? I need, to, I need to come back to the Lord this morning. Raise your hand. Is there anyone at all right now? Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need God in my life. I need to rededicate my life to him. Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all this morning? I want you to leave this place without Christ in your life this morning. Without Christ in your life. Why don't we all stand together right now? I feel the presence of the Lord. They're going to lead us in a worship song today. And we're just going to pray for just a moment. And as they lead us in this worship song, I want you to just give you give God your worship this morning. Give God your give God your heart. Surrender your soul to Him today. Even as we get ready in just a few days, we're going to be going into the new year. And this was it, man. I'm going to trust God this year. I'm going to trust God going into this new year more than I've ever. I'm going to give to God more than I've ever given. I'm going to surrender more than I've ever surrendered. But let's just worship. Let's lift our hands right now for just a moment. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.